Back here on this Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly, it is Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole, and that proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Our producer, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Tracy Toro. And our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. And you can go to that website to be involved in our next segment here on Sports Medicine Weekly. It's our Ask the Doctor segment. We do it each and every Saturday in our 30-minute show. It's very easy for you to get involved. Just go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, and on the homepage, you will see the picture of Dr. Cole and yours truly. Click on the link, and you can ask the doctor a question. Ready for a couple quick questions here, Doc? I'm all in. A couple good ones right here. All right, first question. Is there a cutoff, Dr. Cole, a cutoff age to start a workout program? I am in my mid-70s this Listener tells us, and have never had much of a fitness regimen, but otherwise I'm pretty healthy. I would say there is no cutoff. I think there are there are areas that can become concerning in terms of the potential for injury or overuse injury and so forth. And it's important for people to know that as we age, how our body responds to exercise and strength and conditioning can be more variable. Uh, and our nutritional needs vary as we age. For example, our metabolism is slower. We don't process protein in the same way. Recovery can be more challenging. Uh, the other issue is making sure as we age there are other diseases like cardiovascular disease that can creep in just that are age-related, for example, are the kinds of things that you would have more on your radar. So I would say, look, if someone's in their 70s and in beginning wants to begin in a, in a, a regular exercise regimen, first I would congratulate them, I would encourage them, and I would say that it is not improper to at least have a baseline evaluation by their primary care doctor. Maybe that's something they do all the time. But they will be experiencing, for example, increases in heart, sustained increases in heart rates and so forth and exertion, which is some, it's like a stress test. And as long as their heart, for example, is in good condition, they should be able to tolerate it just fine. But it's important uh, that they have a higher sort of level of acuity to evaluate for underlying medical illnesses. But you can, it's never too late. You can always build muscle mass. Be mindful the nutritional needs are different. They, they differ as we age. Um, our metabolism is much slower. The risk of muscle strains and injury is obviously a lot higher. Our balance is different. But do, done in a proper way, in a proper setting, I would say it's never too late, and it becomes increasingly important as we age. Great question. Great answer. Question number two. Okay, this is interesting. Can hydration be the make or break factor in an outdoor sport? This is a fascinating area because most people think about hydration as something that you do after you exert yourself, right, as part of immediate recovery. There was a great uh, recent study that was uh, what, what happened in uh, Boise State when, during the uh, Florida State opener to simulate sweltering conditions. What the Boise officials did is they hosed down the field, hosed down the players, and they cranked up the heat in the Kevin Williams indoor facility during practice. And what happened was, the ironically, the FSU players had cramps and heat-related issues and so forth all afternoon while the Broncos, uh, the Boise State Broncos, uh, appeared to be the team that had practiced in the natural Florida heat. And that's because they were hydrated, not just in, in, in preparation for that, but that they had proper hydration throughout the course of the week. That's so, the big thing, right? Yeah, so the, the take-home is you, you got to stay tanked up. You know, you don't wait for a high-level exertional event to dehydrate you. You stay tanked up the entire time, and, and that way you're not behind the eight ball when you're trying to catch up. That's a much more appropriate, better way that's sustainable uh, when you're dealing with hydration. You just, you're always hydrating, especially when you're engaged on an ongoing basis in a high-level sport or high-level strength and conditioning. 
Yeah, I'm reading here uh, Tracy Tarrell doing some, uh, our coordinating producers, some research for us. 100 student athletes from two different NCAA Division I universities, summer football conditioning, surveyed to identify the fluid and hydration knowledge, attitudes, and behaviors, and demographic data, uh, primary football position, the nutrition education, and barriers. Only 24% of the players reported drinking enough fluids before, during, immediately after, and two hours after practice. So, you know, that's what I tell our kids, um, you know, when I'm helping coach. I've always learned this, Dr. Cole. Tell me if I'm wrong. If you're already thirsty, it's too late, right? It certainly makes it hard because when your thirst meter goes off, you know that your brain is connected and giving you that signal. So you're right. It can be very hard to catch up. So that's, that's a great point. There's no downside to staying hydrated on a regular basis. And as I say, even before high exertion practices and games, do it during the course of the week. I mean, you basically, you and I should probably be drinking a gallon of water a day. Yeah, you know? don't they say half your weight in ounces? I think we've, we've yep. learned that before, mm-hmm. right? That's correct. It seems like so much, but it's not it's hard. Not. You start it early and you continue yeah, on, just right? Just always have a you know, reusable you know, water container with you and just refill it three, four times a day and you're good to go. All righty, question number three. Last one of the show, okay? Dr. Cole. This listener asks this, will stretching help me get stronger? You know, we've done a lot on stretching, static and dynamic stretching and so forth. But the one thing that we know from some recent research is that stretching really does enable your muscles to achieve full range of motion during strength exercises. So if you have greater function, then you're going to get much more out of what you're doing from a strength and conditioning point of view. So I would say yes, and that's why dynamic warm-ups, functional exercises are really important before you start doing strengthening type exercises because the longer the motion arc across the joint, the more the muscle has excursion, the ability to lengthen and contract, the better the response will be to some lifting or strengthening maneuver. So I would say, yes, stretching can help you get stronger. Got to be done properly. Uh, We generally are not emphasizing static stretching just before working out, but rather dynamic stretching, what we call movement preparation, Steve, where you're doing some type of dynamic exercise to increase blood flow, increase flexibility before you do high-level exertion and strengthening. So stretching is super important uh, before you do strengthening exercises. Great stuff. We are out of time for this edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Tracy Taro. Also want to thank David Cole for managing our website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long, and thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly. Coming up next on The Score, Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Talk with you again next week for a brand new edition, 8 a.m. Central Time, only on 670 The Score.